0: Verbally effective, your double E go episode twelve, and today I have a seasoned sports guy with me by the name of Jason Smith. How are you, Jason?
1: I am good. I am nervous. I'm a big fan of yours. It is. I'm.
0: Mm-hmm. My,
1: you see my hands shaking?
0: No, I do not. No, I do not. No, I do not. Big now, fan.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you Seriously. for
0: coming. Let me get everybody up to date on. Jason Smith. I mean, a lot of the guys, I'm sure, are already familiar with the sound of Hope your so. voice at this moment. But uh, this is Jason Smith from the Jason and John Show on ESPN 929. And Jason has worked at the Commercial Appeal for like 13 years yeah. covering prep sports, also at the University of Memphis Basketball Beat. Do you miss that job?
1: I do not. You don't? No, because that's all I did. That's all you And did. now I get to do a little more.
0: Okay, I know, I know how that feel. I know mm-hmm. how that feel. And you've won multiple writing awards.
1: Like multiple, like two. But
0: that's, that's, so that's like more but you than you know one. You people multiple. don't win no awards.
1: And it was like third place, so stop.
0: So when I told uh, one of my coworkers here at uh, the studio that you were coming, he was like, I, I, I love Jason Smith. I love all of his articles. So his big thing was the articles.
1: I had done, you know, 13 years. You end up writing a lot of them over the CA and, and, you know, we talk about, you know, during Tigers basketball season, you're writing seven days a week. You get your off time when the season's over. So that grind and then me, you know, those last few years having a young child, my wife wrote, it was a grind. You know, the newspaper industry, much like any industry, mm-hmm. you know, you'd see you'd see it getting smaller and smaller, people getting laid off, and it um, it was a grind. So to be able to get out of there and kind of get into this – Nothing but a blessing. So
0: Nothing you were there really when the transition of digital life came aboard.
1: No doubt. Bro. I mean, we, I saw when I came into the newspaper industry in 2003, I've been freelancing a little bit. You got to think, I was a, I'm, I'm kind of an old soul in the sense that came out of high school in 94, went to TSU, right? And and Mr. Square got up there and got turned out, right? So anyway, long story short, not I got to come. TSU. I, I at TSU. Believe it or not, at TSU, I got, I had to come home. And mom and dad said, Man, you don't realize how good you had it. I had a scholarship coming out of White Station um, and it blown it. My first semester up there, I stopped going to class.
0: God, party, girl, party, 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 party! get wasted.
1: To, yeah, I learned how to dance, and I learned how to. uh, what? Yeah, so I, girl, I, I told you I was square coming out of White Station. Um, oh, they I'm turned mixed. You out to
0: your first. Semester. You got to think
1: about it, think. This will explain. It. I'm mixed. I got a white mom, got a black dad. So, so I had not tapped into my rhythm mm-hmm. until I got to TSU. I didn't know it was there. Like being able to do a little two step or whatever, mm-hmm. and you take that and you take that in your line dance everything else. And so I found, in it, long story short, so so much more fun in that. Then actually going to class, keeping my scholarship, had to come home, stay out of school for five years, uh, doing odd jobs, framing houses, working for Imperial Security, and figure out, you know what, um, this is, this is not me. Like I got to get my butt back in school. Did that uh, back at the University of Memphis. Got back in in '99, and to answer your question, was was blessed enough to kind of uh, come out in 2002 out of school, got that job with the CA a year later, and uh, could start an actual. Career as Mm -hmm. opposed to a you know a nine to five where you're just watching that clock waiting Mm -hmm. you know you you know the difference when you're doing Mm -hmm. something you love it don't feel like working it feels like you're backing up the truck and stealing and it did it for that for a long time newspaper was like that but to go back to your original point as it goes and the digital age comes on we start figuring out oh wait a minute people are reading us free online our subscriptions Mm -hmm. are dwindling how do we handle this do we put up a paywall well we put up a paywall we gave it free to them for five six seven years well now they don't want to pay. And we dealt with that for years. And the, the aftermath was people that we've worked with for 10, 12 years getting laid off. And in other instances, people have been there much longer than me, 30 years getting laid off. And that's just the nature of it. As we've gone to our phones and our computers, mm-hmm. uh, that actual concrete newspaper, folks don't need it anymore. And I, I think it's. You know, I'm 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 forty one. I think it's, you know, thirty five and younger, mm-hmm. they're not looking for that hard newspaper not anymore. And so and, and advertisers particularly, I mean that's what the bottom line is, mm-hmm. they're not looking to advertise in those anymore if there what's the point if there are no eyes on it? Mm-hmm. So you know, I kinda was there for the downturn, yeah, and it was a uh it was a while. It was a blessing to be there. Obviously, you're covering sports. It's a it's a dream job. It was a blessing as well to be able to get over here to the radio side and and kind of branch out, try to reinvent yourself a little bit. So,
0: were you like a phenomenal writer? You no. always loved to write. How did you get into writing?
1: I didn't. I I I, I hated writing. I remember the, my English class at the White Station. I couldn't stand it. I would wait till I was a procrastinator. Wait till last minute. Literally. Uh, and you, you, know, you win
0: awards for that very thing.
1: It's. Yeah, and and I guess what you what I didn't realize was that it was a talent, but it wasn't something I loved. I didn't, right. I didn't, you know. I always wanted to get into television. My dad moved us here in the early '80s to be a, a news, uh, a sportscaster for Channel Five, okay. and eventually ended up working for all the stations. So I, I thought. My future might be when I got back into school, television. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just following Dad's footsteps. Got into a media writing class because you've got to take that uh, for any form of media you're going into, TV, newspaper, whatever. And uh, got in that class, and at that time, like I was saying, newspaper's still pretty healthy at that point. Mm-hmm. And my my professor told me you got you you can do a little something here. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to give this a try. You know, and th- and his point was thing with newspapers, you got more room to branch out. You go into TV. You're stuck on these little one to two minute slots for your stories, whereas with newspaper, man, you get a chance to dive deeper, explore more. And again, this was a much healthier time for newspapers. Um, and I bought it. I went hook, line, sinker, got lucky enough to get a job covering high school sports at the, at the paper, my hometown paper, um, in 2003 and uh did seven years of that then six years of that tigers basketball beat it was
0: have you always been like a, a sports fan or did you play sports when you were younger i or? was
1: that dude that i was that dude that that wasn't quite good enough played it all the time and just like every other kid growing up man finally got to that that realization man i ain't going to the league i'm too bony <laughs> to go to the nfl okay ain't don't my jump shots broke mm-hmm. so i'm not going to the nba so i had to uh yeah, I was one that came up playing sports and having that dad as a sports caster, mm-hmm. so you you'd see a little bit of it. I was I was lucky enough to see a little bit of it behind the scenes. He'd take me to some events, got to see some Tigers games sitting right there with the ball boys, mm-hmm. and I'm like, holy cow. Mm-hmm. And if you can't play it, if you're not that great at it, right, can't do it professionally, mm-hmm. I always thought the next best thing was to write about it or to talk about it or to be on television and talking about it. Wow, if I could get that gig. Mm-hmm. And so while I, I, I never thought uh, I'd be writing about sports, or when I was a kid, writing about sports or talking about it on the radio. Um, I was always drawn to it. I always hoped it would be part of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So and that's
0: awesome because there are so many people and so many kids that are into sports and want to go to the NBA, yep. but they have to know there are other opportunities. You got and it. Other avenues that they can yep. take outside of actually being a player. You can do something mm-hmm. different in that industry. So I think that's awesome.
1: I, I appreciate that. And in that message, I am so glad you're saying it because I wish more people heard it. You know, I really do. Billy Richmond right now, um, former tiger basketball player uh his father uh ran a dondons over on austin p billy has reinvented himself you know and he and, and we he and i have had conversations about this the guys that you know even play college ball get that scholarship right mm-hmm. when you start you think okay i'm i'm getting to the league right cuz i got that scholarship so i'm i'm better than the jason Smiths of the world didn't even get to this point once they get done there's so many of them you know, that get done with that college scholarship don't get – maybe get that shot at the NBA or tryout. Don't make it because such a few from those college scholarships mm-hmm. get to the pro gig, right? Few. So few of them. And, you know, they don't know what to do afterwards. Mm-hmm. They have no idea because that, that one skill that, that was going to be their way out was was bouncing that ball, shooting that ball. Mm-hmm. And Billy, we have these – he has reinvented himself at, at much like – just following his father's footsteps a businessman he he's running a, a a great uh restaurant great chicken place over there and he's telling you know guys still coming up to him that he played with mm-hmm. saying man how how could I do this and he, here's his point you know we want for so many of us man we want that that we want to fix it today right we want that money tomorrow mm-hmm. we don't we don't plan for it mm-hmm. and that was that's billy's message and it's been my message to to the some of these guys that haven't made it is like you're not gonna make that big money that you're gonna make in, in Bass in one day. That's right. So many folks right. go down the wrong path and do something illegal to get it all back, right? To get all that money you thought you were gonna make. You gotta plan for the long haul. And sometimes that's going to school for four years, man, and having to grind, not having no money in your pocket. But what you've got to realize is you're trying to get to a goal and hopefully uh the Lord's gonna all that stuff's gonna to come together for you and you're gonna get blessed at the end. But so many of us don't wanna take the journey right because we want the uh, the destination to be tomorrow and it take it t- that is it that you took the <laughs> words out of my mouth yes. um and that's what y- there's so much more so back to your point yes you can still have a job in sports and love it and still not be that guy on the court or on that field there's mm-hmm. so much more around it that you can still have that career
0: right and and that's something that I talk to my son my oldest son Dallas about mm-hmm. Dallas about all the time because he's 12 so just think of that impressionable age we got going on right now. And he plays basketball, and Mom, I want to play for the league. And I'm like, you straight A student, don't you want to do something? He don't want to hear it right now. <laughs> no, he don't. He don't want to hear it right but now. But I know that will change because absolutely, he's will. already getting like scholarship opportunities. That's fantastic. To apply for them, so we're already in the seventh grade applying for that's awesome scholarships on the academic level. Yes. So I'm telling him, you really can have it all. You you can do the academic and you can play sports as well but I want your focus to be you got to keep
1: telling them that that's I I am that's I know you are you're a great parent (laughs) see and but so many so many so many of us parents are looking at us kids now and maybe we didn't make it as a pro or whatever and we look at our kid as that's the ticket right there that's what he's gonna do that's our way out and we put that all on them, that pressure on them. Make some of them playing AAU ball, high school yes, ball. They're they playing are. all the way year round. It's like a job. And yes. now I'm you have I'm to. I'm
0: surprised how much traveling those kids it's, do.
1: It's unbelievable. They're all over the country. It, it basically there's no break. You know, there, there's very little of a break where you can just come home and be a kid again. It's almost like a profession, and that's why you see a lot of them getting burnt out. You know, I because can imagine. and 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 that's why I see. I've seen. I get passionate about it because. I covered high school sports in this town for 7 years before for the CA before I went to Tigers and uh you would see those parent those overbearing parents that when you if if you ranked a kid higher than another kid in terms of prospects for college all oh, parent go off on you so and, and they just look at it as this is a ticket my son or or my daughter is a ticket for me as opposed to man if that's that's you want you hope that's something they enjoy they get into it and and if they're great at Man, that's a blessing, but it's not something you want to push them to as your way out. That, And I see too many parents not telling their kids what you're telling them. Look at all these opportunities. We're going to apply for some academic scholarships, yeah. too, because we're going to get everything. Hello? We're not just going to put all our books in, all our books in that bag, in that athletic bag. Um, I wish we had more parents like you, uh, because if we did, we wouldn't see all of these, these problems. And these guys that, much like to the point I was making about Billy, even they get the the college scholarship don't use basketball instead of let the basketball use them get that education so you're able to go you've got two routes the education or the basketball and once we get there we'll be doing all right but we got a long way to go
0: we got a long way to go jason mm-hmm. um, just speaking of AAU that makes me think of penny hardaway because you know yep. he had the AAU going um he's the new head coach how about
1: that at the it's university exciting.
0: of memphis do you know penny
1: i I I don't know him so I'm not going to come on here and claim like I like you I had can him call on your him out You had him on wow. your show We have had him on the show uh-huh. a couple of times and I have had the pleasure of um of having some conversations with him, but it's not like I'm on a hey man, come on over to the house, let's hoop for a little bit. Okay, no, but it, y'all cool,
0: y'all good. we
1: are cool. We are good enough. I hope. I hope. Uh, <laughs> I hope it stays that way. Now that he's the University of Memphis head coach, because I like to keep information flowing, uh, should, and he's got all the info I'm now.
0: Sure, he want that information put out. It looks there like it he too. wants
1: it out there as much as he's posting on Instagram and all that kind of I stuff. I see
0: they on the jet. See, they they going recruit. They working. What they doing? He's getting
1: people excited about it, yes, and that's what's been lacking the last few years is just kind of the excitement. I love Tubby Smith in terms terms of the respect I have for him, the class act that he is, but there just was no excitement around that program with him. And um, you've seen it literally go from night to day in the change to Penny Hardaway. The, the city's buzzing. I know you see it. I see it everywhere I go. People asking me about tickets. Apparently they've sold a million dollars worth of tickets already just in people re-up and trying to get their season tickets. It's it's going to change everything. And I think he's going to be a pretty good coach I as well. I
0: think he is too. But before we go full throttle with Penny, mm-hmm. what is Tubby doing?
1: Tubby is headed over back to his alma mater, High Point. It's over in North Carolina, about okay. 75 miles from Charlotte, I believe it is, in North Carolina. It's where he went to school. It's where he was a star in college in the 60s. Met his wife there. She was the homecoming queen, Donna, if I'm not mistaken. So he's going home. That job had opened up for, uh, right before uh, Memphis ended up firing him. That job opened up. So he's getting, you know, for Tubby, he's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, he mm-hmm. is a – you talk about legends of college basketball. He is one of them, and it's unfortunate – that it didn't work out here for him because i want i wanted it to i really did there were some issues, and, and we don't need to get into all of those. But the, the I don't think his assistant coaching staff helped him anyway. After two years, um, he's out, but he's headed to, uh, to a to a nice landing spot, and he's getting ten million dollars from the University oh, of Memphis. So I saw
0: that. Yeah, so, he, so he, it's he, not he, like he set up pretty good, right? You know, now. I'm
1: not sitting up here going to cry <laughs> for you here, Ina, uh, about the ten million he's, he's getting. He's straight. He got the ten. He is straight. He's got the ten million from us, and then he's got a new job from High Point that he gets that money too.
0: Oh, that's some meals and, too.
1: And he's back home. And he can have his son on the, He can have his family on the staff there. And uh, I think it's a good spot for him. Okay, I really well, do. that's
0: good. He's back home. He's with family. Exactly. Somebody will be fine. Let's he talk will. about Penny now. Um, what's going on with the recruiting? What would you know? What's going on with Tyler Harris? What, well, wait. Before we get into Tyler Harris, I was at one of my old college roommate's house the other day. And she was like, my friend, um, his uh, nephew is Tyler Harris. And this was maybe a couple of weeks ago. And she said Penny's trying to recruit him, and I'm like, who mm-hmm. is Tyler Harris? I get on my phone, I start looking it up. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a tweet came out from him saying he talked to Memphis.
1: Right, Got But he's offer. in
0: like a bidding war with Baylor and Memphis now, right?
1: Do you want to just do my job? No, I'm just saying. It sounds like you all over. You sure this you? I'm this is your sports I had first. To do sport. some research. Uh, it is. Session. It's an actual uh, it's an actual a little war between Baylor and Penny Hardaway. Um. Tyler Harris was being recruited by Tubby Smith. What we did not know is if Penny Hardaway would want Tyler Harris, too. Mm. Um, mm. Because, and there's a big reason for that, Penny already has a point guard. His name is Alex Lomax, and he's played for Penny since, for the last about five to six years, from Lester Middle to East High. Mm. And, and much like Tyler, is one like of the best know. prospects in town. That's been That's the kid Penny's had playing that position that Tyler plays forever. And now he's headed over to the University of Memphis, we think. He hadn't committed yet. But what's already happened is uh, before Penny got the job, this kid was committed to Wichita State, was signed with him. They have released him. Once Penny got the gig, yeah, Wichita State released him and said, we understand the relationship. You have with Penny. So now he's coming. But back to the point, we didn't know if Penny would want Tyler Harris, who plays the same position um, as Alex Lomax when he got here. He extended the offer, as you pointed out. They offered him a scholarship. Tyler tweets about it. And uh, what you got is a little bit of a war because Baylor wants Tyler Harris. Uh, Memphis wants Tyler Harris. Penny's Penny wants to do it. it's important to him clearly Mm -hmm. to do it with Memphis players I'm not saying he wants an entire roster of 13 scholarship guys from Memphis that's not what I'm saying but it's it's important to him because at the times when he followed uh, college basketball followed the Tigers and when the time when he played for them most of that team was Memphians Mm -hmm. and to him he thinks the cure for what this program's needed lately is 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 a passion that's been kind of been lacking that you that you know you got with Memphis kids kids that grew up wanting to be part of the program. Uh, Tyler Harris is one of those kids. He did. Right now, it looks like you know Baylor's in the picture because they've got maybe you know a better situation for him. They don't have an Alex Lomax. They need a point guard. He's the one guy. Memphis has got one already. We'll, we'll see if it works out. But Penny, to go back to the point, Penny wants to wants to get the best Memphis kids there because. He knows. He's played for that program. He knows the fans of this program. That's the number one thing is getting butts back in that seat down at the FedEx Forum. Definitely they they want to see Memphis kids. They get behind Memphis kids more. It's just the way that program's been for years and years. And uh, he's trying to resurrect that thing with Memphis kids. It's going to be fun to watch him uh, recruit Tyler Harris. He may not get him, uh, but I'm telling you what, he's after a whole lot of other players, and he'd be fine if he doesn't.
0: This is going to be very interesting, um, especially with you know all of the, the scandal going on with how these coaches are recruiting. Mm-hmm. So I know they have to be very, you know, particular about how they approach these kids. Do you know the rules, some of the rules with how that works with, you know, when they're recruiting kids? What should and should they not be doing?
1: Well, here's the thing, you're right. On that FB on this FBI scandal, it's gonna it's it's pull back the covers. Yes. On, on something well, we, we already knew something it was we on. knew was there mm-hmm. but now we i mean you've got guys getting arrested now you see the receipts and and you were talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars we knew it was going on mm-hmm. i don't fault the families or the parents in some of these situations for taking the money and this is why you got fat cats and the ncaa sitting up there right at the top making millions and millions of dollars right with a system that's flawed there's no reason these kids shouldn't be earning money when the universities they're playing for the NCAA tournament—that's that's the umbrella over all of it—literally making millions off their backs. And, and what they'll tell you, Ina, is, well, wait a minute. It's not like they ain't getting nothing. They're getting the college scholarships. Oh, well, Don't give me. And, and I realize <laughs> you, you can throw the value down, say, well, college tuition someplace twenty thousand dollars a year. Put the value down, try to throw that. But no, you—you—that's how you all want to keep it, um college players that are helping their universities make millions of dollars earn they 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 deserve a piece of that pie that's just common
0: sense so you agree that you think that they should earn right and because
1: they can't that's why you've got all these you know runners and agents going to going to pay them to get them to go to certain schools or to wear certain shoes Mm -hmm. and you could stamp that out if you would make the money that's just flowing again, right up there at the top, everybody at the top getting. If you let some of it come down, you could you you could stamp all of that, all of that out, all all of that um, that bad element that you see. And again, I I you know I have a hard time with saying a a, a brother get arrested, a, a coach at Auburn uh, get arrested because he gave a family that may have needed it financially. Their kids in a position where school wants him. They're they're gonna pay a hundred thousand dollars. Maybe that family needs it. Um to arrest him for paying the kid 100 his kid's family 100 it just seems wrong when again the people at the top of this thing at the top of this flawed system their their pockets are
0: they getting all the money all the money and it's, it's cool for them to get it and, and, and they it, not playing one and game and it's not
1: just because it's been done that way for so long and, and amateurism and I know and blah 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 doesn't mean it's the right way, mm-hmm. and, and 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 that's the great thing about our country is usually when we figure out that man that something is messed up, we fix it. Mm-hmm. And on this, we've we've allowed it to go on and on and on, and that's why you're seeing the corruption. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't fault the families for or the kids themselves for taking it. I fault the people at the top for having this this messed up system. That's what.
0: So why now? Was there a whistleblower? I mean, like what had to happen? Like like you said, we've been knowing this. What. Why now? It Why the FBI got to get involved that,
1: now? You, you, it, it's a it's a very good question. So they on another case with a with an investment banker, they were involved in some stuff with him on some fraud, that kind of thing. And as part of his deal with the government, mm-hmm. he said, "I'm going to turn y'all on to some corruption in college basketball. Would y'all like to know about it?" Mm-hmm. And they go, "Hmm. Well, what you got?" And he literally turns them on to a, an NBA agent. And it funnels all the way down to his runners, the NBA agents, the people that work for him, down to the players. And what he's able to outline is hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars going between agents and runners and players, and the FBI says, You know what, we are gonna take a look at that. And they decide right there to start tapping wiretapping, doing all this stuff, but it started with a completely different crime that this brother's going to this guy's going to jail on and he says mm-hmm. Why don't I show y'all something else to lighten my load? Which they did, of course. I knew now, he was getting And so now, so now they all it. But here's the thing: if the if the if the FBI didn't do it, you wouldn't. You, NCAA. Here's the deal: you, you just because you said it. You, we know this stuff's been going on for years, but then nobody stamped it out yet. NCAA would have been. Uh, they pick you know case by select a case here mm-hmm. or there and say they're cleaning it up, mm-hmm. but it's more, way more widespread than I. You and I both know it, and they couldn't have handled it on their own. It would have taken the FBI. Mm-hmm. To uncover something that as, as widespread as it is so okay. NCAA couldn't have handled it nor do I think they would have wanted to handle it because again I'm this goes messy. back to showing this takes the cover off and shows you how corrupt it all is how messed Fully up their exposed. system is and so they didn't want this in the first place
0: this is affected March Madness right all the Some way of your big teams are not mm-hmm. even involved because of this mm-hmm. big scandal did any of your teams not be included because of that
1: um I tell you what Oklahoma State is one of those teams now they're mm-hmm. not, they're not they're not one of mine but they're one that was affected by now, Louisville obviously has been affected by it, and we'll con- they're going to be on probation, obviously. Um, you know, that. here's the thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It goes on in more than just the places that have been outlined. And, I, and while I realize those Definitely. schools have got to pay the price because those are the rules right now, um, man, you could find this kind of stuff at, at just about... You know, at a ton of schools all across mm-hmm. the country, you got 351 Division One schools. It's uh, a, yeah. I would say there's a there's a lot up. of them.
0: Think of all those those young men mm-hmm. that were working hard to go to this tournament, mm-hmm. and then this happened. You mess
1: it up for everybody.
0: And they could be seniors. You know, this is done. Crazy. Exactly. So Final Four is finally here. We got Villanova, Michigan, Kansas, and Loyola. Who are you going for?
1: I will. I'm going to go for Kansas because um
0: I like Kansas, and I hate that. They beat oh. Calipari. I
1: know every time I say it, it's like what? Cuz they beat the Tigers, what you mean? You the Kansas? But when they beat them and then
0: they beat what was the last team they beat?
1: Um After after recently?
0: Kentucky, after Kentucky, they beat another team and they didn't expect them to be Duke. Duke.
1: Duke. Yes, they just knocked off oh, Duke cuz everybody went for Kansas, Yes, cuz
0: I just felt something.
1: Mine is that they got a Memphis guy. His name's Ljero Vic. He really? is he's a starter from uh Douglas High School mm-hmm. and was um went there's been a, he's a junior this season, averaging about 12-13 points. Mm-hmm. Really good kid mm-hmm. that came out of um Came out of a tough neighborhood over there. A lot of okay. folks didn't think he would make it to Kansas. He, and is, he is shining in his third year, and I'm pulling for Logerovic in Kansas uh, because of him. So you
0: think yeah. that he, uh, Kansas is going all
1: the way? Well, they're playing the best team against Villanova, so their big game is the semifinal. I think mm-hmm. if they get past Villanova in the semifinal, they got it done because I think they'll take care of either Michigan or Loyola Chicago. I really expect Michigan to win that and one. And all of these games are taking place
0: this weekend, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so we'll see Championship if game Monday. your
0: prediction will be correct. We,
1: we shall see. <laughs>
0: We shall see. Let's talk about uh, some of these professional athletes with some of the activism going on right now. I actually saw before you got here this evening that the Sacramento Kings are partnering with Black Lives Matter movement because, you know, the young man, Stefan Clark, that was killed by a police officer for holding a cell phone. So they're doing a big marketing campaign to show solidarity against police brutality so what are, what are your thoughts about um i guess i would say um the participation with sports and activism
1: I, I love it what what you'll see though is people don't like mixing their politics or their issues with their sports so you you've got a ton of people that will tune us out right now because they they tune in to, you know to, to hear sports and i'm talking on you know whether it's you know, whether it's a sports award show, whether it's the Grammys, whatever, they don't like mixing their issues and politics with that, right? Because for so many, sports is the is kind of the escape, right? It's to get you away from your everyday problems. You want to dive into your Chicago Bears for you, your Dallas Cowboys. They they're of terrible, course. but they're terrible. Oh, stop but that's, o- that's okay. Um, no, we get it right. So so some some people will tune out right at the jump when you start talking about these issues. I don't think you can, and I don't think that's how we. We come together. I, I applaud the Sacramento Kings mm-hmm. um, for starting a partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important. And, and here's why. It, it, you're listening. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, right, is right now so many of us, man, and we're, you know, you can't even have a civil discussion anymore because it'll boil down to race and then people want to put up their dukes and fight or, or say why one side's better than the other and you get away from the actual issue. Um, we have gotten away as a society from listening. When you're on Twitter and you see social media, it's all about voicing your opinion, and very few of us. For some of us, it's, it's an it, we use it as an information tool. We gather, we listen, but but our society as a whole has more been about pushing our stuff on to folks, and 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 instead of receiving, mm-hmm. instead of listening. And if we could, you know, it. I I I have no idea if we'll ever get back to that, but I think. Um, with this, with the Kings, whether it's whether it's LeBron James coming forward, Carmelo Anthony, you saw that thing they did where they kind of came forward and said, "Look, we 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 stand behind people. Um, and we do
0: more than dribble."
1: Yes, and and I hate folks that say, "Shut up and just dribble the basketball." I do too. I'm because, like because <laughs> LeBron ain't just a basketball player. He's a philanthropist. He's a father. He's a fantastic role model. Remember when we used to get on our basketball players for getting in trouble, getting arrested, and all that stuff? Now, LeBron. Has lived his life, as far as I can tell, like a Roma. Yeah. Um, has been married for a long time, obviously raised a great family. Um, speaks out about issues. And because of that, look, I love me some Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan was into Michael Jordan and getting that dollar. And there were times when there were times when he could have stepped up. And I've, I've said this before. And I've had I've had people both agree and disagree with me. I didn't think I didn't think Michael was enough out on the forefront. And I and that's why I still love Mike to this day. And I always say he was the best on the court. But I love LeBron's mm-hmm. willingness to speak out on issues. My, Mike was so worried about not offending the Republicans or the Democrats because they all bought sneakers. That was his famous line. Everybody buys sneakers, so sure. I don't want to. I don't want to take a stand on that right oh. now um, because I want that money to keep flowing. Now he didn't say that part. LeBron uh, speaks his mind, and I, uh, for one, appreciate that. And it's it's part of what's made me not just because of what he does on the cards, part of what's made me. Uh, Really, really love the man that LeBron James is. I'm uh, grown to love him a little yeah, bit too. Yeah, I, really I, I couldn't wasn't a stand LeBron him at first no, because he wanted to be Mike. You know, you're never me, gonna be Mike, me and I'm no, too. no, no. You're not gonna be Mike. <laughs> but
0: I'm liking him more and more I just for like, the person I, he is. That's it, and his he character. has won me.
1: Yeah, and that, and that as much as his basketball skills and all that has won me over. Um, I love. The activism. I love the. I love him being out front on issues, and 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 whether it's wearing the shirts or or, or just speaking his mind, speaking about people, you know, um, vandalizing his home, putting the putting the oh, n word on the front of I'll his home. I, but Ina, I love the way he handled it. Mm-hmm. Instead of when we get called that, we get angry and we want to tell people how angry we are. You know, um, LeBron, I'm sure, was very angry, just like we would have been. But what he conveyed was calm. As angry and as offended as I'm sure he was, he conveyed a calm when he, when he was talking about it, talking about being offended, right? But he was so calm, and I thought that was so important because, mm-hmm. look, we, man, as soon as we hear that word, we want to ball up. And, and, and in many cases, I, I'm, I can't, it's fair, right? Mm-hmm. But because he showed so much, you know, self-control, so much, yeah. you know, restraint... It was a lesson for all of us yes. that even when we hear it and it offends the shit out of us.
0: And, and all of these young men are looking up to him. So I'm, I'm glad he handled it, it was the a, situation. I mean, like he's
1: that. teaching. He's teaching even through moments like that. Yes. So that, that's why I love LeBron. Definitely. That's why I love LeBron.
0: Now, why do you feel or do you agree with me in saying that the NBA, they can use their platform better than the NFL? Just off of, I don't know, uh, less restrictions with the NBA, do you think?
1: You you're saying it's less restrictive than the NFL,
0: as far as using that platform to say they, what are. they want.
1: I think I think they have a commissioner that's down. That, that I just mean that understands the issues. That goes back to the point we we're making earlier. That listens mm-hmm. to the players in his league. He's got a predominantly African American league. Mm-hmm. It, it it should matter to him what matters to us mm-hmm. to those predomin- to those predominantly African American players, and he does. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. So he's he's given more freedom in that NBA realm and i lo- i love seeing it as opposed to the NFL where it's been more man you can't you know you got to what
0: the NFL they
1: just they haven't tapped in they haven't realized what what they have in in much the same way the NBA predominantly black the NFL same way Fine and and way. they and they're still but because you got to realize NFL is still the king in terms of big money That's in terms one. of advertising That's the right. One sport, right and and beca- yep and because of the all the dollars they bring in mm-hmm. right from advertisers and because so many eyes on them there's more uh, there's more people that more folks that can be offended Mm -hmm. by when we stand up and put our fit right and so they haven't come to terms yet with what they are they're predominantly black league and much like the nba and adam silver that commissioner there they need to realize that black folks issues in that league Mm -hmm. are the league's issues because Mm -hmm. that's that's who's playing the games do you think it'll change i hope it will it might change with the next commissioner i mean uh, you know roger goodell You could you could say in many ways has been good at his job because he's helped grow the league and the billions keep rolling in, right? Mm -hmm. But I think he's been out of touch on a lot of this stuff and a lot of these issues. And I think he could learn a lot from Adam Silver, who again, Adams more listener than anything else. He listens to the players. He cares about their concerns, and that's all. uh, You know, Goodell looked more I think concerned at this point about the bottom line. Those owners he's having to report to are y'all getting all y'all's millions rather than. Going beneath those owners to the guys that are making all those millions for them, uh, the players. That's who. That that's who matters because that's what that that's that's who makes up that league.
0: I hope you wouldn't
1: have that. a league if it wasn't for us.
0: Because you know, it seems like are we going to go into the fall um, or the new football season with some more? Are they going to stand? Are they going to? You kneel? know, what's going to be some. Of I mean, it's going to be. Tension all over again, and it, right? made,
1: it made me sick all year long, man. The tension, right? You couldn't even it have was so because tense. that's what the the great thing about sports, man, is that it like pulls us all together—white folks, black folks—and we does. all, whether you down there at the, at the Cowboys Stadium or up the Bears, you got that Bears coat on, that Cowboys coat on. I'm looking around; I don't care if you're white or black. Like I'm giving you high fives and all that. But last year was tense. Was you couldn't no do no that difference. because the issues were dividing us so much that even if you had that cowboy jacket on, same as mine, or that Bears jacket. I didn't want to mess with you because of the the issues with. So I hope that tension goes away. I don't suspect it will anytime soon. Just wow. because I continue to, you're going to have players that will continue to stand up, that see Colin Kaepernick, that respect what he did, and they're going to continue to follow up. And when you have those, you're going to have these opposers again because it's the the greatest watch league out there. You're gonna have people mad, and I, and I hope it's sometime. Uh, people realize it ain't worth it, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's sports. They're taking their stand, and they have every right. Yes. In in man, every right to do it. Every so he, right to so do you it.
0: You mentioned Colin Kaepernick. What's going on with Colin Kaepernick? Can't Is get he, a, still
1: can't get a job. I can't. I'm, I'm at I'm, this
0: point. Should he even pursue it anymore? That's or? a good question.
1: I, he's been out of the league so long. And look, it look when you can make a not even an argument. He should have gotten a chance again. There he there should've. are some bums in the league. No backup one did. quarterbacks, right? I, again, majority white owners who 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 look and and I would say not not looking at him maybe many of them not even looking at him as okay he's gonna he's gonna come in here and, and ruffle things up but looking at the potential distraction as opposed to okay they're gonna ask every player in training camp about having Colin Kaepernick on the team mm-hmm. so that becomes a distraction I think somebody should have stepped up because if you had one do it that's usually what happens guys fall the dominoes fall and you take the stigma off of it. You know, that, that quote-unquote, whatever that stigma is they have trying to put on him. Um, I can't believe that he hadn't gotten another chance, quite frankly. Actually, actually, I, I probably can't believe it because that's just kind of the...
0: He's our sacrificial lamb, I think.
1: He has for- been. A he has been. And and, and see, on. it'd be one thing if he was just out there running his mouth. But see, you got to give Colin Kaepernick all the credit in the world because he's put his money where his yes, mouth is. This dude's literally put his clothes where his mouth ma- is, literally taking clothes out of his closet to go- to give him to a business to help brothers get back on their feet and get jobs. Like, dude is about it. It's yes, one thing is. if you're just saying it and you got mm-hmm. all this money in your bank and you walk going back home and you're not doing anything about it. But that man is out there. And so how could you not bring him in into the fold when he's clearly got the skills to do it? Just because you don't agree with some of the things he's saying, I mean, that's what's made our country great, man, is that, you know, we're a country of many different opinions. That's the part that and so so ostracizing someone because because they've got a different one, quite frankly, it's it goes against everything we know as Americans. He should absolutely be out there if he wants that opportunity right now to go back to your question. Because he's been out so long, if I'm him, I, ju- I just keep doing what I'm doing. Because it looks like he's found what his calling is. Yes. And it's, it's to bring people, to, you know, to bring people, um, to get people concerned about the issues, to bring awareness to issues. Mm-hmm. Looks to me like he's found his calling. I think maybe that's what God had in store for him rather than the, rather than the football.
0: So I'll definitely be following Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Now, I know you cover a lot of basketball, but is that your favorite sport?
1: No. NFL would be. Just because I, I, I was cause, wondering
0: cause okay. I, Yeah,
1: I fell in love with the Chicago Bears early, the eighty five Super Bowl, <laughs> which was probably before Ooh. your time. Um wow. I was I was a little I was a little nine year old. And okay. um yeah, my dad was a big Bears fan and made me one. So my first love was the NFL. Okay. And uh yeah, you're right. I've covered way more college basketball than uh than football games, but my first love was NFL for sure.
0: So it's NFL. So speaking of football, what's going on with Tiger football right now? I see they kept their coach.
1: It was amazing that they did. There was I'm a time right. there was a time when it looked like he was headed off to a big boy uh Arkansas, a big boy division one job. Because look here with Memphis, when they're outside those big SEC conferences, obviously the, the big five, the Pac twelve, the Big Twelve, all that kind of stuff, you are you don't get the the money that mm-hmm. those big schools get. And usually when you're in the conference like Memphis, when your coach is real good, those big schools come and get him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we thought was going to happen with Mike Norvell. We thought mm-hmm. those big schools were going to come snap him up. So it was great for Memphis to be able to keep him to kind of keep the continuity going. You You've think had he some made success
0: no you think they didn't have nothing to do
1: well it'd be funny if it did it might have i mean he's got the has got folks that excited that you think so but I, they I had him they out. had him they had him in the fold before okay, they had norvell okay, in the fold before, before they had before okay. they had. but you see uh, norvell's over there wearing penny hardaway shoes so right? he's just he as excited as right we are now, you know. he's just as excited. look he's he has got this thing performing at a level um, that we haven't seen out of Tigers football. The Tigers you know.
0: were awesome. The football program was awesome this
1: mm-hmm. year. I, it was. And this is – they're raising ticket prices, and, the, and they need to because you've got to strike while the iron's hot. We haven't – there was a time, mean, and we're talking about five, six, seven years ago, where they were – before Justin Fuente came in, who was the coach before Mike Norvell, where, the, where Memphis was literally ranked the worst college football program in the country. Mm. There were a time when people were talking about, man, why don't we just cut college football from the athletic department over in Memphis and just do basketball? There are schools that that do that. Why don't we just do it? Because it's killing us. We're losing so much money. They've got to pay for that Liberty Bowl over there. And when that thing's empty, that money goes back on them, obviously. So look at where they've come from there. Worst, literally worst football program or at least considered by some to be worst football oh. program in the country to now uh, you're winning big games you had a chance obviously last year uh, to win the conference the AAC oh. Mike Norvell's taken what kind of Justin Fuente laid the foundation on and made it better and it's uh, it's fun to watch it's fun to have uh, good football in Memphis because for years we were the we and I say we as a graduate, we were the laughing stock of college football, and so it's good to be respected a little bit in football in Memphis.
0: Do you go to the game?
1: I do. I went to a couple last year. There's not a that's what great thing about the Liberty Bowl. There ain't a bad view uh, no, in the place. It. Yeah, I mean you could be up at the top and it's still a decent view. Um, we had bad weather this year. For tiger football games it is it just coincidences you'd have rain or w- uh there was a monsoon like that first game so a couple of my avoided because of the rain because that thing was underwater over there but no I, I did a couple of them we had a couple of good nights probably did two or three tiger football games this season
0: i might take dallas to a few you should um, when the season begins because um they're I gonna wanna, be good do you know he told me mom i want to go i want to go to university of memphis and play ball this is just last week i said why because penny there maybe I'm like, see, look at the influence. Penny got all the recruits exactly. trying to come in, 12 years old trying to come exactly. in here. Exactly. Yep. So I'm like, we'll see. If uh-huh. I'm sure you're going to get a scholarship, right? He's like, of course. He I'm better. Like, we going to see. Now, you know, everybody's excited um, in Memphis, especially because of the Penny announcement. But what I want to know is, what's up with the Grizzlies? Nobody's Ooh. saying nothing about the Grizzlies.
1: I know they are happy Penny Hardaway is the coach because if he wasn't, everybody would be looking at them and saying, what a sorry thing that's happened down there.
0: Okay, what's going on? What's well, the deal? Well, m-
1: m- number one, I guess you got to give them a little, little slack because Mike Conley's out for the year, and you could lose your best point guard who's making all that money. That's going to hurt you a little bit. Oh, okay.
0: The mm-hmm.
1: the number two is that you got Chandler Parsons over there basically just stealing money from you and it's just the it's just the facts of it now you signed him to a long-term contract and he hadn't been able to get healthy for you uh you hope that maybe come year three next year he'll be able to get healthy but they're just a, it's hard to have hope in that because in the first two years they've been so bad so what you've got is just Marcus Hall out there with a bunch I of young guys I'm
0: fed up with they butt. exactly Gasson, he's out there with a, like, with a bunch please. of young guys
1: that don't know that that there's some talent out there with Tyreek. him Tyreek Evans, they came play here at Memphis. Mm -hmm. Looks like I'm. I'm glad you liked him because it's going to be a short, going to be a short trip for a short time for him here. Where are you going? Um, he'll be a free agent, so he's got an opportunity to go to anybody that wants to pay the money to get him. You want to stay? You look at this mess over there, and would you want to stay if you were him?
0: Oh, are we rebuilding? What are we doing?
1: That's a good question because I think what they wanted was to avoid a rebuild. They want they wanted to. Get Mike Conley back in the fold next year. He'll be back mm-hmm. on the, you know, back from the uh, the injury he's got. Have Mike, have Mark, have a decently healthy Chandler with a good, fir- with a good pick in the draft this year, and try to get back in the playoffs. What they probably should have done was push the button and say, "No, nah, we're blowing this thing up. We're rebuilding." Mm-hmm. You because Mark Gasol, I think, will be thirty four next January. So next season, he's got two more years on his contract. He's getting up there, Ena.
0: I know. You
1: have to start looking. I know we we love Mark, and but but keep in mind they moved off from Zebo and those were great times and Tony Allen th- they've done it with a couple of their old stars mm-hmm. i know we we the, for the nostalgia purposes you know that 7 years of playoffs and having the grit and grind and, and the and the core four and all that was great but at some point they're going to have to move ar- off mark because he's getting so he's getting older mm-hmm. and you're just not going to without Zebo beside him without without looks like TA beside him i don't think it's ever going to be the same as it was they've got to find an uh, they've got to re rein- used to, got to reinvent themselves and find a different way to win cuz I don't know that you can do it with an older Margason and older Mike Conley they both got health issues both have injury histories and a bunch of young guys around them that aren't quite what you need so it's mm-hmm. they got a mess on their hands and then they the whole ownership situation that could change hands here in the next month so they got a lot going on with with the future of them and what could happen Do you there,
0: think that they might sell the team?
1: There's there's a chance. There is a chance that that um that Robert Perry could move on to ownership. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a group that is intent on buying this team. What we don't know about this new group is if they want to move the team.
0: That's what I'm saying. Will it stay in? Memphis? There's
1: an, there is an arena in Seattle. It's all the NBA is basically promising Seattle they're going to have a team soon. And I think if you're in Memphis or you're in New Orleans, some of the lower attended places. And and this year, look, Grizz has been doing great on attendance, but you know what happens when you start losing in Memphis? Mm-hmm. Folks don't go. We speak exactly. with our we speak with our pocketbooks and our wallets and all that. Exactly. You saw it with Tiger basketball. Exactly. If if attendance ever fell off to the point where you're just you're struggling, you got to watch out because because they could up and someone could up. Now listen, there's there's going because it's in the contract that a local group will have an opportunity to jump in before anybody can move the team. A local group's going to have an opportunity to buy it. Now I don't know if we're going to be able to pull the money together. Um, but yes, it's a concern. you you we, we could be living in a world where 10 to 15 years from now or maybe 15 maybe it's more like 15 20 the Grizzlies aren't here anymore, and the Tigers again are the only team in town. It's quite possible. Um, but they've got to, the, to avoid that, they've got to find a way to get back to winning um, because Memphis being from a small market team, they don't generate the money mm-hmm. that the Lakers and the Knicks do. Um, even with the even with market even with sharing uh, profit sharing in the NBA, they're still losing money and that's just from being in the small market and having to pay the salaries they do. Mm-hmm. Um so they can't get too off too long or us mm-hmm. there's always that threat that they could somebody could come in here and buy them and move them out of here.
0: This is going to be interesting um to see how Yeah, we don't want to lose the Grizzlies. the Grizzlies. I mean, they we make our city better. We don't, but as you mentioned, you said Memphis is the type of town, you know, we talk with our pocketbooks yep. and if we're not going to the games, this is kind of segueing into and really like one of my last questions, Jason, because I have really enjoyed you here on the podcast. This today. was a pleasure. I know I've been taking up a lot of your time. Not at all. But my last question is, do you think that Memphis will have the patience with Penny Hardaway for the beginning of this program? What is your outlook for the program for the first few years? Because how long does it really take to develop a college basketball program
1: that's a great question it does it takes some folks longer than others for memphis they don't have a lot of time um it is their main revenue producer basketball uh because like i was telling you about football most schools athletic departments their main revenue is football um from the television contracts that they get with espn those sec schools alabama those schools they're getting 30 million dollars a year from the SEC. For Memphis, being in the AAC, you're outside of that. You're getting from your conference, you're getting 5 to $6 million a year. So you're literally working with a fraction mm-hmm. of what the big schools have. So for Memphis, and it's always been this way, basketball is the moneymaker. And so for Penny Hardaway, to, to get to your question, for Penny Hardaway, and that I mean, that's why they had to move off Tubby Smith. I mean, you give them two years, and for most, you look at that and say, that's not enough time. But they were losing uh, the president said four point, they were on pace to lose $4.7 million. Memphis, which, again, can't get that money in football, ha- can't afford to lose that much. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't just affect the athletic department. That $4.7 million that they were about to lose, that money Memphis has to make up in raising student fees. So it, it, it screws with the entire university. So plate. the point, basketball's got to be good for Memphis because it affects mm-hmm. the entire university. They need that money flowing. That's, what, that's why you had to move off Tubby. And to get to your question with, with Penny, I hope they give him the time. Now, listen, his honeymoon phase is going to be long, a little bit longer than Tubby's honeymoon phase because here he's from because he's from Memphis, okay. because he's a local legend, because we love him, right? He's an ambassador. He's been that for, for years we and years and years. So he'll get that. But here's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You and I both know it. He's going to get good players in here. And once he does that, it's going to be the same thing that Memphians wanted from Josh Pastner. Josh used to get top three, top ten classes in here. He had not been a Division One head coach To the point now, he'd been an assistant. He was a
0: good recruiter, though. He was a good recruiter,
1: and that's why he got great players in here. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you get great players in Memphis? The fans want to see you win big with those great players, and that's what's going to happen to Penny. He'll get those great players in here, and the fans are going to expect him to win super big with them. They're going to expect him to go to Sweet 16s and Final Fours. And if by year three or four or five he hasn't done that with those high-caliber players that everybody's expecting him to get, Mm -hmm. people are going to start to say, well, maybe this guy can't coach. And see, and 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 that is my one concern for Penny in this sense, and, and and for Memphis. Here, here's the here's the case. Penny, before he became head coach, was a booster. He he Penny gave you as a graduate millions of dollars. He literally has his name on a building over there, the hall, the Penny Hardaway Hall of Fame. So he was one of your supporters and donors. If this thing ends ugly, and you have to fire him, right. and listen, all coaches eventually, most of them, they get hired to get fired, mm-hmm. right? If you have to fire him, it gets ugly. Well, I worry. Well, remember Larry Finch when the whole mm-hmm. town turned on him, right? He was a, much like Penny, was a program hero. At the end when he couldn't get the recruits anymore, the town turned on him. They wanted him out of there. And, you know, it's sad to see because once Larry lost that job, you could see him as like they took the life out of him. Like he he didn't – health-wise, he didn't, he didn't do well. Right after that, you just kind of saw his health kind of fail. I worry about that for Penny in the sense that if this fails – which right? Now, I'm certainly not predicting that. I'm hoping it takes off, and I think mm-hmm. it will. But if it did, and the the city turns on him, and they say, "Well, wait a minute, he can't coach." Well, what's going to keep Penny? Why would Penny continue to donate to the school? You know, that fired him, or or what if he goes back to AAU, and he, and he tells his AAU players, "Man, don't go to Memphis, because they ain't about nothing over there. They fired well, that me." It could get ugly. It could get so ugly Ooh, to where you you're literally talking about everybody buzzing and so happy to have a hero back that, and you could turn a, a hero into an enemy if you fire him. so do so that I problem. were now do nah, I that, I know and, and 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 you know that didn't necessarily happen to Larry and it's different because with Larry he wasn't a booster beforehand he wasn't giving the university millions of dollars beforehand he didn't have control of AAU players mm-hmm. like so so so, so, so after he got him. fired there was no kind of get back that Larry could do Penny got he got pulled <laughs> and Penny could hurt you if if he left unhappy or embarrassed uh, out of a firing or something like that, and that that is my that is my one concern. But I'm certainly predicting big things, especially early on. And uh, I think everybody in Memphis would like to see that thing take off. Because like we talked about earlier in the uh, the podcast, when when things are going good, when good when when sports are good, we all get behind it. It all brings us together. And you, this city needs that. We always need that. And it'd be a good thing if we could all come together. We've done it with with Tiger football. Be nice to see it with Tiger basketball too.
0: I'm so glad you came to my. I appreciate you having me. This Jason. was fun. You're my sports insider. Now. I hope I don't get you in trouble. Gossip, right?
1: My, whatever you need, all all the whatever juicy you need.
0: Gossip. Let everybody know when they can catch your show.
1: It's on 92.9 FM ESPN. You can hear us every day, Jason and John, from 11 to 2, uh, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., Monday through Friday. 92.9 FM ESPN. I appreciate you. Let me shout that out.
0: Thank you. Make sure you guys check out my friend this was Jason funny, Smith. Verbally effective episode 12 in the books.